It really is great to be here. I, I was saying to someone over coffee earlier, um, it feels like we've had the most remarkable start to the year. You know, I can't believe that we are in February and January has gone, but it feels like it's been an amazing January, just listening to God speaking to us. Uh, in, in fact, I, don't, I, I often apologise when I'm saying that to people in conversation because I always sound surprised about the fact that God is speaking to us, but he does. And it's amazing the way that God has been speaking to lots of us uh, and confirming and reconfirming his word to us. Uh, and as we've been uh, thinking over the last uh, few weeks together, uh, it feels like God is ushering us into a new season together. Uh, and uh, the word that keeps uh, coming out over and over as God speaks to us is fruitfulness. Uh, I shared a few weeks ago that God had given me, um, uh, just kind of spoken to me about the passage in John 15. Uh, about the vine and the branches and uh, something that we began the new year with. Uh, and it wasn't something I was really expecting or anything I, I particularly had thought about before or really knew what God wanted to say. Uh, but as we've uh, just begun to explore it a little bit, as we spoke about it, as different ones of us have talked about it uh, outside of services, it feels like God is speaking to us, uh, that we are to be connected together, to be committed together as he leads us into a new season of fruitfulness. In fact, someone came and gave me uh, a word uh, from God uh, just last week, um, or the week before rather, and, and said, oh, I just really feel like God has said to me to encourage you that he's going to give you a passage from John, which is going to be really important for you all in this new season. And again, it feels like God has just been speaking and confirming and reconfirming his word to us. I get really excited about the fact that God is a God who speaks to us. And that's something that we can expect. You know, God speaks to us and God gives us a vision. Uh, and that's what we've been really thinking about over the past few weeks. The vision that God has given us as we step into this new season. A big vision, which is to make disciples, to transform communities and to plant churches. A vision that we are seeing happen uh, and it really was exciting last Sunday to celebrate church planting Sunday uh, in fact I, I popped up the video on uh, on Facebook on our Facebook group that we showed uh, last week uh, and it's been amazing people have just suddenly started sharing it around um, and it struck me actually well this is this is good news isn't it when we share about the fact that God's church is growing and that new things are being planted uh, and, and in fact some people shared the video in Bangladesh and in America and in Canada and various people have been getting in touch and saying hi and there's been some really interesting conversations that have come out of just sharing the little video that we played last week with some of the church planters who've gone out from here just sharing a little bit about their experience you know it's amazing to see the way that God is at work the way that he is making disciples, transforming communities and planting churches and using us uh, to do it. And one of the things that we've been thinking about as we reflect on our vision is how we are all called to commit and to serve and to pray and to give. To commit, to serve, to pray and to give into the vision that God has given us collectively as a church here at St Paul Shadwell. Uh, and so of course we began the year looking at branches and we looked at this passage in John 15, this vivid picture that Jesus gives us of the church, that we're called to be connected, committed. We're called to be branches of his vine and that as we remain in him, we will see fruit. 
Uh, And then we began to think about another picture uh, that God gives us of the church, the picture of the body and how we all get to play our part. You know, as we are committed and as we remain in him, we get to serve him. We get to serve one another, each in our own way, each playing our part in the body, each as valuable and as important as the other. You know, and it was an amazing time last Sunday that we got to pause and to pray into some of these amazing things that God is doing amongst us. Now, thank you to all of you that came last Sunday evening uh, as we spent time together praying for the church plants that have gone out from this place. You know, what an amazing privilege that we get to be able to pray for others. You know, church planting is not just about sending people out, but it's about continuing to resource and to pray for to love and to care, to encourage and to equip those who are building God's kingdom here in East London and further afield. And so that was exciting to be able to do that. We get to commit, to serve and to pray. And today we're going to look at the third of these incredible vivid pictures that God has given us in the scriptures about his church. And today there's really two things that I want to do. uh, And that is to look at the picture of the bride And also to think a little bit about this fourth area uh, that we get to sow into the vision. And that is around giving. God's calling us to commit, to serve, to pray and to give. As we make disciples, as we transform communities and as we plant churches. Um, I love weddings. I don't know about you. I absolutely love weddings. Um, I haven't met many people that don't love weddings. If I met, actually, I remember when I, got, when I got married, it was a long time ago now, I was actually working, I was a climbing instructor at the time. You might not know that about me. I used to be a climbing instructor and I was actually teaching at Mile End Climbing Wall. And I had a fairly cynical bunch of friends, uh, many of whom didn't like marriage for one reason or another. Uh, and I remember telling them uh, that I was engaged and I was going to get married and I was really excited about it. And I remember a few people said to me, hey... You know, I'd, I'd love to say I'm really excited for you, but, you know, <laughs> I was like, what? You can't say that? But there was an incredible cynicism there um, about marriage. But, you know, what? even my most cynical friends, actually, when it came to it, they, they loved a wedding. They loved a party. They loved coming together and celebrating something that was wonderful. I remember one of my earliest memories of a wedding um, was um, when I, um, so I get to do lots of weddings now, which is great. It's one of the great things about being a vicar. And, uh, but I remember when I was 16, I was playing, a, I was playing bass guitar at a wedding, and, um, uh, and my dad was actually leading worship. He called me in, I think I was 16, and he called me in to play bass. Um, and so we'd gone, we'd rehearsed, we'd got ready, everyone was getting the whole church ready. Uh, but I didn't have a suit, and I'd said to my dad, I'm going to come and do the rehearsal, and then I'm going to go and get a suit. This is a ridiculous idea and I think my dad should have stopped me there and then and sorted something out but I said I'm going to do this he said okay fine so we rehearsed we got ready for the wedding so there's probably about like an hour before the wedding and I got my roller skates on and skated into town uh, and uh, and hastily started trying on suits and I got myself like a brown linen suit it's very weird. Well, like when you're shopping in a rush, you do odd things, don't you? And I, and, and I was getting nearer and nearer the time of the wedding, and I was really panicking because I knew with weddings, nothing must go wrong. 
You know, weddings, they just need to be perfect, don't they? And so I remember arriving back at the church, um, and it was just after when the wedding was supposed to have started, and the bride had just arrived. And I think, and I cringe when I'm saying this now, but I think that the vicar might have just announced that the bride was going to come in. And everyone else was standing. And so I, and I was at the back in this creased brown linen suit with my big roller skates in my hand coming down the aisle like this. And I, I remember I walked past the bride and I kind of went, hi. And I went down and I picked up my bass guitar and my dad was fuming. But we got in there and... Um, and, and then it went on, and I, I, yeah, it's awful. And fortunately, nothing as bad as that has happened since. Um, uh, if I'm about to take any of your weddings, um, don't worry. But, um, you know, we love weddings to be perfect because we love uh, this incredible picture uh, of this good thing that we celebrate. But you know what? Uh, in all of uh, its, uh, its beauty and, and sometimes its trouble, Marriage is an incredible picture that God has given us of his relationship to us, of his relationship to his church. You know, the marriage service in the Church of England begins uh, with these words. Marriage is a gift of God in creation through which husband and wife may know the grace of God. It is given that as men and women grow together in love and trust, they shall be united with one another in heart, body and mind, just as Christ is united with his bride, the church. And you know, the picture of the church as a bride isn't an isolated picture that we're given in Scripture, but it's really something that kind of moves throughout the entirety of the Bible over and over and over. It's an analogy that doesn't come once or twice, but throughout the whole of Scripture. It's, it's a biblical theme that gets echoed throughout the Bible. Uh, there's this kind of language of love that is used between God and his people. And God talks about intimacy and union, about covenant relationship. And actually when God's people stray away from him, we hear words like jealousy or adultery or abandonment. You know, right at the beginning in the Old Testament, right in the second book of Genesis, we read uh, about where God institutes marriage. And he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and they will become one flesh. That's right at the beginning in the creation account of the world. It's almost like our story begins with a marriage and then faith is spoken about. In terms of this covenant relationship, God's prophets lived out God's word in their relationships, in their marriages, painted vivid pictures of how God felt about his people through their relationships. The Song of Songs is a book in the Bible which is wholly devoted to this intimate love. It's a love story between a man and a woman which reflects the way that God feels about us, the way Jesus feels about his church. And you know, Jesus partied at weddings. He told stories and parables about weddings and marriages to illustrate what God's kingdom was about. The apostles taught about marriage. And in the book of Revelation, heaven is described as a wedding feast. You know, from cover to cover, 
we see this picture of the church, of God's people as God's bride. And today, marriage is under threat. In so many ways and on so many levels in our culture. And I believe that it must be something that is protected by the church for many reasons. But one of those reasons is that it's one of the ways that God puts flesh and blood on and demonstrates his love here amongst us. The picture of marriage is an incredible picture of God's love for us. I believe it's one of the things that God has given us to see with our eyes and help us to understand the way that God feels about us. You know, for all its faults and its failures today, marriage reflects God's love in the world. You know, as I said, one of the amazing things about being a vicar is the fact that you get to do lots of weddings, you know, and I do genuinely love weddings. I really, really enjoy weddings. And one of the, uh, one of the best bits is that during a wedding, as uh, a vicar, you get to stand at the front and you get to see the bride walking in at the beginning. It is the best seat or stand in the house it really is and uh, and it's one of the things I absolutely love about about weddings that moment uh, at the beginning when uh, when the wedding um, should have started but the bride's been late um, but never too late <laughs> and uh, and the groom is standing at the front often looking like he kind of wants the ground to kind of uh, swallow him up uh, nervously looking and then suddenly uh, at the back you see uh, the bride surrounding by her her bridesmaids and she's been spending all day uh, getting herself ready uh, and she looks incredible and, and the groom's been spending all day getting ready and it doesn't show quite as much um, but it's this amazing moment when the bride begins to walk in uh, and the bridegroom just kind of turns and gets a glimpse and, and is just full of love and pride. Uh, and the bride walks down the aisle beautifully dressed for her husband. It's an amazing, amazing moment in uh, a wedding service. And uh, in Revelation verse 21, it says this. It says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. And this is a picture of the church coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The bride is beautiful. But are we beautiful? Do we, as God's church, as Jesus' bride, feel beautiful? I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. If you look around at us now, do you feel beautiful? You know, so often it's very easy to look at the church. Uh, you know, often very, very easy to look at the church out there. You know, but often still easy to look at the church in here and think, well, I'm not sure things are very beautiful. I'm very aware of the cracks in the ceiling and the cracks in our lives. The things that we don't get right, the things that we mess up, and the mistakes that we make. But I believe that God wants to remind us today 
as we think about our vision, as we think about our identity, as we think about these incredible pictures that God has given us to reflect on his church, that the bride is beautiful. The church and this church is beautiful. God wants to remind us that this morning. Uh, I don't know about you personally, but you know, even when I make this personal about me, you know, I often feel that there's so much in my life that's not beautiful. You know, so many things, so many reasons why I'm not necessarily the person that I, that I long to be. But even in the midst of that longing, even in the midst of those mistakes and issues and problems, the truth is, is that we can be the beautiful bride of Christ. You know, and I think this sense of worth and value is something that has come through so strongly in each of these pictures. You remember when we looked at John 15 and thought about the vine and the branches and there was this, uh, this comment about God wanting to prune every branch that doesn't bear fruit, but also wanting to prune the branches that do bear fruit. But then in the midst of the pruning, God reminds us, you are already clean. You know, I think that's a really significant word for us as a church. And I'd encourage you, go back and listen to the podcast again. You know, let's take this little series to heart as a church, because I feel that these are God's words to us. God would remind us, no matter how we feel, no matter what we see, we are already clean. When we think about the body, we're reminded that actually those parts of the body that we might want to hide away, those parts which we can often feel are insignificant, well, those are the parts that God wants to bring special honour to. We are all worthy and valuable in his sight and we all play our part within the body of Christ. And as the bride of Christ, we are beautiful and we can find a boldness and a confidence in understanding that beauty. You know, one of the main things I want to say to us this morning is that you are worthy of this vision that God has given us this vision to make disciples, to transform communities, and to plant churches. You are worthy of it. Not because of anything that you might have done, but because of everything that Jesus has done for you. Because not only is the bride beautiful, but the bride is loved. And this is the key thing. You know, Christ doesn't love us because we're beautiful. We are beautiful because he loves us. In Ephesians 5, Paul writes this. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless and then Paul goes on to talk more about marriage and talk and and then he comes back at the end and he says marriage he says this is a profound mystery but what I am talking about is Christ and the church again reaffirming that what we see in marriage is a picture 
of the relationship, the love that God has for us, for his church. God loves us so much that he gave himself up for us. The bride is loved and therefore the bride is beautiful. You are worthy of the vision that God has given us. You know, one of the, the stories that I love most about uh, marriage is a story that we often tell on Alpha. It's a story um, that uh, Jackie Pullinger uh, tells. Jackie Pullinger, some of you will know, is an incredible uh, lady who, uh, who has basically given her life to working in some of the, uh, the, the poorest areas of Hong Kong, working particularly with addicts, and, um, uh, and has just given years and years and years uh, of service in that place, and she tells this amazing uh, story um, about a 72 year old woman called Alfreda. And, uh, and Alfreda had been a heroin addict for 60 years, and uh, she'd been a prostitute for 60 years. Uh, she'd been involved in prostitution and that business for, for 60 years. Uh, but obviously she was too old uh, to work and uh, so she just used to sit outside of uh, the brothel and just used to poke uh, the skewers uh, with a stick outside the brothel uh, to keep them moving freely. That's what she did. And uh, she used to inject uh, her back three times a day with heroin because her legs and her arms could no longer be injected because there were no sites that she could use there uh, anymore. Uh, they'd just been overused. She had no identity card. Uh, and basically, as far as the Hong Kong government were concerned, she did not exist. But then Jackie tells how uh, this lady, Alfreda, gave her life to Jesus. And she received forgiveness. And she began to change. And she went to live in one of Jackie's houses and uh, she began uh, there in a very difficult fashion. She was, she was difficult. She was a hard lady uh, to get on with. Uh, but Jackie describes how she slowly began to transform as God began to heal her. Uh, and then soon Alfreda began to see that there were others who were worse off than herself and she began to help and serve others. She changed. And then amazingly, Jackie tells how Alfreda uh, met a man, uh, a guy called Little Wa. And, uh, and he, was, uh, he was 75, and, uh, and they got married. And, uh, and Jackie describes uh, Alfreda and Little Wa's wedding as the wedding of the decade. Because here, this former prostitute, heroin addict uh, walked down the aisle dressed in white cleansed and forgiven and transformed by the love of Jesus uh, and I think for me that is just the most remarkable picture of the church of us with all our mistakes all our flaws all our cracks and all our failings Yet because of the love of Jesus, we are called beautiful. And we are given a vision 
a vision which is about transformation, about serving others and seeing change, a vision to make disciples, to transform our communities and to plant churches. You are worthy of this vision. So you see, the bride is beautiful because the bride is loved. And, and finally, I want to finish with this. The bride, and this is important, is given. You know, what happens if you come to a wedding and the bride just stands at the back and doesn't come forward? Well, nothing. nothing. It's probably, I, I can't imagine. It would be the most awkward wedding ever. The most important thing is that the bride is given. And we are invited to give ourselves to Jesus who loves us, calls us to be beautiful. There's an amazing part of the marriage service during the, uh, the giving of rings. And I'm sure we'll all recognize the words from weddings that we've been at where both the bride and the groom look at each other and they say, all that I am, I give to you. And all that I have, I share with you. You know, Jesus looks at us and says, all that I am, all that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. Christ gave himself for us. What are we prepared to give to Jesus? You know, we're called to commit. We're called to serve. We're called to pray. And we're called to give. You know, I, I don't want to pray for the things that I'm not willing to pay for and uh, Charlie's going to speak to us a little bit more next week about money and about finances you know God has given us a big vision and it requires us to be committed to really get involved to serve one another to be committed to praying for one another for our communities and to be committed to giving of ourselves, of our time, of our energies, of our finances. Uh, and those of you that have been here for a while, you'll know that we love to think about financial giving a couple of times a year. It's not something we talk about regularly. We don't take up an offering during our services. There's an opportunity to give as a part of your worship at the back uh, at any time. Uh, you can always go online and you can find out a little bit more about giving. Uh, but twice a year, we love to think about how it is that God is calling us to give. And we're going to do that next week. Uh, and I think it's right that we do that as a response to thinking about our vision. This vision that we've been reflecting on and the call to commit and to serve and to pray and to give that we've been thinking about over the last few weeks about the way that we do mission here at St. Paul Shadwell. And I guess it's something that's really kind of come up in my mind a lot because there's been uh, a, a few people who've been kind of beginning a, a conversation really about how is it that we make disciples? 
You know, we talk about making disciples here at St. Paul Shadwell. And actually, I've been really excited to see people become Christians for the first time over this past year. been excited that we've been able to baptize people here. You know, that's exciting. But I kind of feel like as a, as a family, we need to constantly be wrestling with what does it really mean to make disciples? Because as we think about our vision, and especially as we think about this new season that God is calling us to, which God has told us is going to be marked by fruitfulness, it's important that we think about well, what does that fruitfulness mean? And the more I think about it, actually the only thing I can think that it should mean is that people are going to come to know Jesus. Because actually I'm not really interested in any other kind of fruitfulness. You know, I don't want us to be spending our time and our money just thinking about how we do Christian entertainment. Or even just thinking about how we do Christian aid. You know, although, although that's important. The primary thing that we are called to do is to tell people about Jesus and to see people that don't know about Jesus come to know him. And there are so many people in our community that don't know Jesus. And I feel like we just see kind of a, just the beginnings of things happening on Alpha as we have these great conversations. But we see ones and twos and threes and fours coming to meet Jesus. But you know what? There are hundreds and thousands of people who are here in our community, in the communities that we represent, that have never heard about Jesus. One of the things that I'm really excited about at the moment is a new youth project that we're about to begin on the 22nd of February. Uh, We're uh, going to have a a whole load of music stuff that's going to be happening here. We're going to be opening up our courtyard uh, outside the church uh, and just inviting all the young people in the local area uh, to come and do music. Uh, And there's a bunch of us that are going to be there, building relationships with them, uh, telling them about Jesus. Uh, You know, I'm really excited about it. I'm kind of terrified as well because I feel they're going to probably going to come and mess everything up you know but I want them to know about Jesus because if they don't hear about Jesus whilst we're here well then what are we doing here you know I want to be able to give myself to tell others about Jesus and I believe that God would challenge every single one of us how are we giving ourselves everything that we have to tell others about Jesus. That's got to be what it's about. And if that's not the kind of fruitfulness that we can see and step into, well, I think that's the only kind of fruitfulness that I'm interested in. You know, and I would love us as a church and as a family to be wrestling together in this season With what does it look like for us to really be telling people about Jesus that don't know about Jesus? To be seeing new people become disciples of Jesus and learning about the fact that they are loved and that they are beautiful, that they have worth and that God is inviting them into his wonderful vision. That's the kind of fruit that I want to see and that is the kind of church that I want to give into. You know, so Charlie comes next week and speaks to us a little bit more about how we manage our finances, how we think about giving. You know, I'd love you to be thinking and praying about how it is that God wants you to give into the vision that he has given us here at St. Paul Shadwell. 
And there's going to be an opportunity next week uh, as we take up a special vision offering uh, for you to give uh, in any way you like. Uh, And there's no compulsion here. You know, everyone is free to hear from God and think about how it is they give and contribute to this family that he's called us into here at St. Paul Shadwell. But I want you to know today that you are worthy of this vision and that this vision is worthy of you. Can we stand? That's all I want to say today. And I just want to leave us with that and with these three pictures of Jesus' church, of the vine and the branches and the call to remain connected, to be committed. The body of Christ, that each one of us gets to play our part, to serve one another, to serve our communities. And the bride of Christ, The fact that each one of us is beautiful because we are loved. Jesus, I thank you that you invite us just to come and do this stuff with you. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and do whatever it is that you want us to do. Lord, would you move amongst us? Lord, we don't just want to kind of manufacture this stuff with clever words, with nice music, with pretty pictures. Jesus, we just want you to come and just reveal yourself. Lord, in ways that we've never even seen. Thank you that you are the God that promises to give in a measure that is pressed down and overflowing that you give in abundance. Lord, you give immeasurably more than we could ever dream of or ask of. And Lord, pray that you would speak to each one of us as we think about how we play our part, as we think about how we remain in you, about how we turn up, about how we are committed, about how we serve one another, and about how we give to the God who has given us everything.